Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining in for Concept 14. Today's concept is worship. I'm here with my friend Aaron Duell. We work together in a church context. I primarily focus on teaching. Aaron primarily focuses on worship. So we're going to talk about worship together, but not necessarily limited to music at church, though we'll certainly still talk about that. I'm hoping we can introduce some questions for people to ponder and wrestle with. Really excited about this conversation. Hi, Aaron. Hey. So we've worked together for seven years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, more than that. More than that. Well, going on eight. Yeah. Going on eight. We've talked about these types of things a lot over the years. So before we get into the topic of worship itself, let me start this conversation with a question about you. Okay. How has God been revealed to you? Through worship specifically? Not necessarily. Oh, man. Well, that's... <laughs> an impossible question to answer. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, so I feel like I've been walking with God for a long time, and He's revealed Himself mm-hmm. in so many ways in my whole life. Yeah. Um, through worship, I think I have found an intimacy with God that I never could quite find in any other avenue. I think I struggled with many years with guilt over not feeling like I connected with God as much when I read scripture or journaled or, you know, all the things that we were told that we had to do. Um, And I did those things and I still continue to do those things. But um, God's revealed himself as a person and his love for me the most in worship and through music and through just space alone when I'm not trying to have an agenda with anything. Yeah, I think I get that because I am not a musician. And we'll get into the, you know, it's not just music, but I'm not a musician. But I get that too. I experience and feel a connection with God in ways that are certainly, they transcend um, reading something or studying something. There are times that when I'm listening to instrumental music, Mm -hmm somehow connects ideas and thoughts for me in ways that words can't Yeah. big time. So let me ask you, and you might've just answered this next question just now, but why do you do what you do more specifically? Like why, why are you the worship director at a church? Cause you asked me to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that is part of the story. I mean, we can talk about that if you'd like to. No. uh, Well, I didn't, I really, never pictured myself doing this. this wasn't on my uh career path in my in my own mind yeah i really wouldn't have thought of doing it if you hadn't have asked me to do it but um i think the easy the easy very christian answer would be because god deserves our worship um but that's not at the root of what compels me um yeah, I think I did answer it a little bit. God's revealed himself to me and his love to me the most in worship. I've, I've felt him as a person and as a being who is active in my life through worship in a way that I, I didn't know could be before. And my desire is for other people to experience that and find that. Yeah. Um, because I think so often our faith in God can feel very stagnant and he can feel very far from us. And we'll say, you know, the good old saying, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, but we never quite feel that relationship. Um, it's always talking, it feels like we're talking about God a lot and we're not with him. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And worship is where I have found that with him. So, How do you think God feels about worship? I think in scripture, we always see that God cares way more about our hearts than anything. Yeah. So I, I think to that verse that says, I don't want your burnt offerings. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't even care about your worship. 
your worship is empty. So I, I don't think it's as simple as saying, what does God think about worship? Um, when worship is right and our hearts are right and, and we're in it and we're with him and we see him and He's we know him and he knows us, that's when God is pleased and happy and um, like, oh, they get it. I feel like that's when he thinks they get it. Like right. they're with me in this. They're not just, you know. So our hearts. Yeah. And I really, this is a little bit more complicated, but I'm wondering when we, when we're singing together or we're praying together or we're in silence together or all these different components of what we would call corporate worship or a group of people mm -hmm. doing this thing called worship and we like it, mm -hmm. why do we like it? What's happening? How do I know? How, I mean, it's one thing to say God sees our hearts, but what about when we all kind of feel like this is... Something's real right now, and this is yeah. a stripped away, vulnerable, real human moment connecting with a God we've never seen before. Yeah. What's happening when in those moments? Um, gosh, I could answer that question in so many ways. Yeah. Because there are spiritual answers to it. I think that we, when the spirit's in the room, I believe the spirit is real. I believe that God is real, and so I I feel like He is there with us. And there's a spiritual thing happening that we're all connecting with. And yeah. I very much, very much believe that to be the primary reason why. But there's also really cool um, scientific answers for it. And it's the reason, same reason why singing in any kind of group, even if it's not in worship, yeah. there's something oh, yeah. you might feel that way. Um, and I'm not a scientist, but I've watched some documentaries and read a articles and books about um, what happens in our brain okay. when we sing. And um, when we sing together specifically, there's this hormone called oxytocin, which is called the the cuddle hormone. It's the, it's the hormone that bonds you. Really? Um, that is released when you sing together. And they say even more so than just like spending time with someone that you love, singing releases that hormone in you. So, I, which I find fascinating, and I don't think that that's accidental. Um, there, there's something really special that happens with that, and the way that our individual bodies uh, will regulate with rhythms as we're singing and we're breathing and with beat. Studies show that the, your heart rate starts to get in time. That's why we like things and Ethan likes to make fun of me for doing a lot of songs that are within, you know, between 65 and 75 beats per minute. That's the sweet spot. Oh. <laughs> Usually that people are like, it feels very natural. Um, but uh, there's something to that. Like all the, the rhythms in your body start to line up with the other people around you when you're singing together and there's music happening or, yeah. you know what I mean? So Oh, so that means the the concerts that I've been at, or we used to have a similar feeling. Yeah. So I guess the question then leads to what makes it, or is it even different, if it's in the context of us deliberately doing the singing as it relates to God, yeah. would we still feel it if we were just singing anything? You, well, it depends. Yeah, you would feel that connection with people. And I think that you can still maybe have some kind of a spiritual experience in those moments. A lot of people do describe that. Yeah. But if God's made us, if God's made people that yeah. way, then maybe when we sing together, we get closer to each other. And, he, we do. and God wants that for the whole world to experience. Right. So I feel there's a piece that God has designed that that is going to happen. I'm picturing an Irish pub or something. <laughs> right. People singing. They're right. going to be closer to each other because they're the, singing. But yeah. So if the goal is to be closer to each other and yeah. to have this unifying experience with other people, like, yes, you can have that on different levels of things. Yeah. But the thing with worship is worship is... Uh, it's about God. It's about connecting with God and valuing God over other things. So then that takes worship out of it. So can you have a spiritual experience outside of worship? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Sure. But um, it's not. It's not worship. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. <laughs> if, if we're doing something together as a group and it's deliberately for God, to God, about God, 
we're going to have some of that cuddle feeling with right. God right? and with each other, which I right. think is what God wants for the world. Yeah. And so some of the, the tensions I've felt over the years are like, well, I know this is for God. Worship mm -hmm. is this thing for God and it's about God, but it somehow still matters that I feel connected to the people around me. And it matters that I'm not just by myself singing, even though I do that. Right. And it's not just one other person, although I do that. Right. But when it's more, and that's not to say that there's, it has to be a lot, a lot, a lot of people, but if it's more than just a couple, I feel so deeply connected to an entire family of followers of God, almost from not just the hundreds of people in the room, but mm -hmm. the millions of people that have gone before me. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we have been singing to God together. If you think about time zones and the world rotating at any given time, yeah. we've been singing to God forever yeah. or since people have been singing, you know, yeah. and that connects me with people in a way that is more than just if I'm singing by myself. Although, you know, yeah. it's still a connection, but if I listen to a song someone else made and it's just in my ears only, and then it's singing out of my mouth only, I sort of feel that, but not as much as if I'm actually in the room. And I think in a digital age, there's so many more opportunities to do stuff on your own. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in a room of people, it's just different. Right. And it's, and, and not only different, but I like it more. Yeah. So I guess now the inevitable question that we knew we'd get to is what is it? <laughs> what is worship? So right. we say you've experienced God through this and it's not just music. It's not just singing. Yeah. What is it at its core? Do you yeah. think? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've, you know, I've spent the last eight years trying to put words to this and I still can't. Mm -hmm. um, it's an ineffable thing in many ways. But I, I think at the root of worship across the board, whether we're talking about that in Christian church or whatever, is, is giving value to something, right? Okay, yeah. Like what you worship is where you place your value and where you place your trust. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. Um, and I think worship requires sacrifice. Um, it requires a laying down of something. Um, and then we happen to believe too that worship brings us closer to God and can he connects with us in it. So he's not some distant God that yeah, we yeah. offer something to and expect this exchange of mm -hmm. goods or whatever. Um, we believe that we're actually in relationship with him in it, which is, I think, unique. Um, yeah. So you can worship a lot of things. You can worship money if that's what you put your faith in and yeah. all your security in, and that's what you will give all of your time and your energy to. Um, I think people worship relationships, um, certain yeah. people in their life that are everything to them and they place all of their hopes and dreams in this person. Yeah. Um, so, and then of course you see worship for many years of gods where it's, it can be void of emotion, but people will put all their trust and their resources. Mm -hmm. Sometimes based out of fear, sometimes based out of a reward system. Right. Yeah. So, Let's start with, uh, I want to talk about some of the elements that are most important in worship, mm -hmm. but let's start within the context of what we do week in and week out. So the elements that you think are most important within a corporate worship gathering, and then we'll transition into how we can apply those principles and apply them to, you know, our Monday through Saturday of those principles and those elements, how they can be applied outside mm -hmm. of the context of singing with a group of people and see how they yeah. kind of fit together. So let's start with which elements in your, you know, some of, you don't have to ex say everything. I'm sure you'll have more thoughts even after this conversation's over. Mm -hmm. What elements are most important in the church's gathered worship? All right. Well, I think I want to start first of all, before I really answer it <laughs> with, and I, I said this, I taught a series, um, at our church on worship about a year ago. Um, I heard this pastor say one time that there's a difference between like the practices of worship and the root of worship, like what it actually is. And okay. he, he used this 
illustration from Jesus of wine, you know, you don't put new wine in an old wine skin. And you've talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, for anyone who wouldn't be aware of this. So a wine skin was usually something like an animal bladder or, you know, body part or skin, uh, some piece of an animal that you would, it would be able to allow room, um, as the wine was fermenting, it would yeah, stretch. Yeah, the gases get released, it stretches right. it, yeah. Stretch and expand. Um, once you've used that wine, you can't make new wine in it again because there's no more room for that to expand, which mm-hmm. is why you said this. Um, and you you either have to use a new one or you have to go through a process. Yeah, recondition to, or renew that yeah, right. old one. Yeah. So uh, things like singing and prayer or giving or all these things that that we do that we connect with worship um this pastor described those as the wine skins okay right so it, it's but it's not the treasure it's not the thing that we actually want yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so it's not about it's, the wine skin right right so so these things are any of these things that we talk about they're useful and they're good they're not the treasure they're not the thing themselves right so I, i'll say these things and they they'll change inevitably because yeah. at a certain point those things get used up and they get old and you have to either replenish them or find something new yep. you know to yeah, yeah. keep um this thing alive and and making new wine all the time yeah so just to start with that but i, I do one of my uh verses that i really like for when we're talking about worship, it's Colossians 3. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. I find this helpful for... Oh. <laughs> Didn't think to silence the phone. <laughs> oh, no. Started. The phone is silenced. But I all had an alarm set. Oh. <laughs> all right. From Colossians 3. Um, he's talking about the, how to live together as, as believers now in community. Okay. He says, um, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Um, let This is the real yeah. part that I'm getting to, is let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that's I great. think that's a good, uh, simple litmus test for what, what's important to me in, in a gathering, for in a Christian gathering. It's teaching. Um, we do that. That's You always see that in a Christian worship service. It's teaching and um, encouragement through psalms, through scripture, through hymns, through new songs. I think songs from the spirit is a new song. Yeah. Um, something fresh and new. Um, and then always gratitude. But then he adds on whether, whatever you do, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Whatever you do, you know, let it be in the name of Jesus and, and with gratitude. Um, but I also do, I, so I think, I think music is important. I think it's something that we've been doing for, Thousands and thousands yeah, of humans, years. humans, for whatever <laughs> humans, reason, they need it. Yeah, it's part of, of culture. It, so if your culture is going to be built around Christ, then singing and music needs to be a part of it. It's how you, part of what builds a culture is music. Right. Um, so I, I think that's important. I also think, you know, there's the seven sacraments, I think, but in particular, the ones that are important for us in our gatherings are communion and baptism. Okay. Um, I think those are meant to be done in community um yeah. and regularly so yeah so how do you when you go to make decisions about in particular sunday mornings 
But also, I guess you could answer this just beyond that, within a worship culture of our church, not just the music selection or style. Um, how do you approach those decisions? Well, it's different for everyone. I I think there's things that are shaped by your community that you're in. Yeah. I don't really know how to do describe that either i don't think that there is a one-size-fits-all um yeah to every church and what works for us may not work for the episcopal church down the street and yeah. vice versa and how uh, much how much of worship culture do you think should be shaped by the community that you're in and how much of it should stay the same mm-hmm. no matter what culture you're in it's a great question i think you should always be hesitant to completely erase the past and say that's not worth anything anymore. It oh my gosh. Yeah. It is. Like we still we still need to sing hymns. We still need to sing songs that were written hundreds of years ago. We still need to sing from the Psalms. Yeah. Which were written thousands of years ago, you know. Yeah. But um, knowing that the ones that were written hundreds of years ago were new. Right. When they were written. But yeah. again, the wine and the wineskins. Yes. If it's not working for the people, if, if you have to be aware of the people that you're serving as a worship leader and you cannot please everyone. It's not really about everybody's preferences, but you know, you can tell when people are connecting with something yeah. and you catch that and that's valuable to continue to use for your congregation. Right. And you also need to be willing to challenge people to step out and, and do new things yes. um, as they come because that's how the world turns. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's how we grow together. So, right. uh, yeah, you don't find one thing that works and then expect that to work for the next 20 years. Right. Um, that, yeah, it, it won't. But right. Yeah, because if you think this is uh, the mechanism, it's going to work forever. You're focusing on the wine skin instead of the wine. Right, right. And, if and you I make th- it about the way you're doing it, you're making it about the wrong thing. Right. And so I think one of the things that you and I have in common or that our roles have in common, at least the way I perceive it is when I try to do teaching prep or, or the, the teaching moment, I approach it in an artistic way. Mm-hmm. that even though I'm not a musician, I still feel some of the same, all my musician friends, the way they talk about creating music, it's how I feel when I try to create a teaching moment, yeah. kind of the art of, of the sermon, if you will. And so let's talk a little bit about that. How do you know when it's right, when you've chosen a song or the way that you form the song when, yeah, you're trying to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you've been called and tasked to be the one that kind of makes that decision. Right. Not because you're in charge. That's not how we would say it. Right. But called and set apart for that role. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about when you, you know, you're getting ready for that particular week and the band's been assembled or in the process of so-and-so is going to play bass or so-and-so is going to play, you know, drums or whatever it is. And sometimes we don't even have either one of those, but... Mm -hmm which speaks to the wineskin thing. Right. The feeling when you know, or you think you know, God wants this song. Hmm. Um, I don't know that I could put words to it. And it's never cut and dry. Right. It, uh, um, it's different week to week, or there might, there might be a song that's really um, moving me that I feel like, no one was really into, although it's, it is hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, sure. But I do think for whoever is leading, and again, this isn't cut and dry answer either, but when you catch something and you feel something deeply about it, I think that there's a part of your spirit is connecting with the spirit that that song came from. Right. And when you really resonate and believe what you're singing, other people catch that too. And they catch yeah. the meaning of something. 
yeah. and they they feel it and that's the the nature of art and music is that yeah it expresses something that words can't express yeah um people catch a feeling of something that words never could quite um, do and the ironic thing is in church worship of course we're pairing words with that right. um, and those have to be I mean you have to look at the theology of those things and what it's saying and what people are going to glean from that right um, but yeah there's something deeper that happens and I, I think about that as I'm I'm forming a whole set list I never I never think just a song to song yeah um, I feel like I'm creating a, a journey that we're going on together. And so each song kind of plays into the other one. Um, I, I agree. And I think in our you know culture now, you can just listen to one song at a time or buy one song. Right. But I, I feel like there's still the, the, the beauty of when you buy an album and you listen to it from track one to track 11, right. all of them, the way that the artist wanted to present it. Yeah. And what we have in, in a world where every, you know people are on their phones or online or whatever, we have this little window of time, an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half. We're all going to be on that same journey together yeah. and we can experience, it was this song and then it was this song and then it was this song and then this was said and it was this song and it was this song and we mm -hmm. all experienced that entire right. album right. together. I used to have a really hard time when I, when I first started on staff and I was still in school when it was just me and you and we didn't yeah. have an office and right. I didn't even know if I was going to talk to you until Sunday so I didn't know yeah. what you were teaching on Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh picking songs was agonizing because I'm yeah. like what do I do do I just pick songs that I like like how do I even do this um, and I went to this conference uh, the National Worship Leader Conference that first year I was on staff yeah Kansas City yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember the thing that stuck with me the most out of all of the little seminar things I went to was, um, I think her name was Constance Cherry. I want to say that was what her name was. She did this seminar on, on picking songs and how to pick songs. And she talked about how the music that we pick and the songs we pick should contribute to the overall teaching from that morning. She's like, people don't leave church, you know, humming the five points of the sermon. Like they have those songs stuck in their head that they just sang. Oh yeah. And that, that's the thing that's really solidifying everything they just heard and absorbed. The music is the thing that sticks with them. And so if you can, I feel like we do a little, uh, sandwich, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got worship, teaching, respond in worship and I I try my best even if no one else notices to weave whatever theme right through the whole thing preparing our hearts to hear it and then solidifying it like, and even okay. though I'm the one primarily teaching I don't think that the teaching is the ultimate part of that morning some people do and they'll quote me a bible verse to support it or something and I understand that perspective I actually I think about well, first, the entire work of the morning, the mm -hmm. entire experience, but also the things that God, the themes that God is tying together in individual hearts and yeah. in invisible ways that happens during music, mm -hmm. whether someone's singing or not, but something in the abstract of it all and the art of music. Yeah. And so I oftentimes, and I've told you this many times, but you know, I share with you kind of some th some stuff on my mind. This is where I'm headed. Here's some key passages. But some people don't even believe me when I say we don't try to make it this, um, like where we collaborate about everything together to make the songs exactly the most obvious connections. Yeah, I don't know everything you're going to say. Right. And sometimes it almost seems unbelievable that that's the case. Right. Because the songs are so connected. Mm -hmm. that it seems like, well, of course they collaborated and he told her everything that was going to be said. And the way, the, all I can say, I, I kind of call it God's magic, but <laughs> I think to put a different analogy than just like magic or something, if every day, if we lived in a community, if every day I went to the well and got water, and then you went to the well and got water, 
we're drinking the same water. Yeah. But you have to go to the well that day for that water. Yeah. And so it's it it's kind of it's kind of an abstract way of just saying it's the same God that we're trying to listen to. Right. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you want? And you're like, all right, Lord, what do you want? That we're kind of, we're attempting to be naive enough to believe that God would actually work through that and doesn't need us to always collaborate on things perfectly, yeah. even though we still try to collaborate. And so right. I'll say to you, I'm headed this direction, this direction. Here's a couple verses. But I'll say, here's two verses out of the 30 that I'm working through. Right. And I think I might go this direction, but I'm not quite sure exactly where it's going to land yet. And here's a couple songs. I, may, I don't know, once every couple months I'll say, hey, I like this song. But usually that doesn't happen. And the song, it's just and people say to me, yeah, and you might not even use it, but it's just me sharing something that resonated with me. And even if you don't use the song, you can listen to the song to try to tap into what it was that I was yeah. trying to, that I tapped into. I just want, I just want to share what I got from you this past week. Cause I think it's funny. Okay. This is how much I have to go off with. Okay. <laughs> Out of my 45 said, plus minute. I'm yeah. teaching on the Bible. <laughs> and then you sent me an email and the subject line is light and fire and wind and breath and wind. <laughs> that's really all so you wind me. was really it like you knew wind was in there <laughs> that's, that's what i got that's what you gave me and, then and that is what couple, it was about you gave me a couple song suggestions <laughs> <laughs> but then it was it, yeah it went really well at the end it really, it really did i was happy with that yeah um i I hear what you're saying with the you don't feel like the teaching is like the center of it but what we're always centered around is yeah scripture and the word sure. of God. So in that what you are giving really the exegesis yeah. on the, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I think it's, it's and, and vital what, in a gathering for sure. And, and the songs, that's why sometimes it's easier for me to choose the songs. If I've got some scripture to go off of, like our songs really are pulled from, from that. But saying. I will share with you light, fire, wind, breath, wind, or whatever. <laughs> and then I go back and listen to the songs that you've selected. Yeah. And that, and, and that circles, loops right. back and influences what I'm going to say. Right. And so it's not just, I guess what I'm really saying is it's not like, this is all about the sermon. Right. Pick some songs to help fill in. That's right. not at all how I view it. I think right. it's just God meets people in those different places at different times. Yeah. And for some people, the spoken word was just there to help support when God was going to interact with them during yeah. that song and vice versa. Right. And then that's okay. And we right. allow space for that well, as opposed to just like church equals preaching, <laughs> right. you know? <laughs> right. Well, and I, I think we're all having a shared experience the other night. I experience this more even now that we have a, a 9am and an 11am. So we have two services now and I, and it's never exactly the same. And I can always, sometimes like when you're teaching, mm -hmm. I get, so pumped about the last two songs yeah because i'm like oh this song is gonna be so good like i feel i want to sing this song after hearing things you've said yeah. and then i can also see where sometimes those last two songs and even the first three like you leading into it you have something deeper in you from listening then, yeah and then you realize oh this is what we're singing together this is That's what right. we're and then there's a yeah. handful of us that are in there for both of them yeah. So it's like, and it shifts the, how we pray, how you uh, know, Josh totally. or Graham prays, and yeah. and that's that's the beautiful thing in a in a worship service where we're gathering around something together, and yeah. I feel that happen with all of us. And even though we have two gatherings in a row, we don't want it to be copy paste. Even right. though it might be the same songs in the same spoken word, moments will happen in yeah. one that don't happen in the other. There have been several times where. Not only was I influenced by the last two songs at the 9 a.m., mm -hmm. and then I said something different at the mm -hmm. 11. There's that, and then there's also, now that we experience the fullness of one, the first few songs at the 11 oh, have been influenced yeah. by the spoken word that's happened. Yeah. Uh, this is not a pitch for people to come no. to both. <laughs> But it just, it's, it's like, it's because we want to be open to the, to the new wine. Right. Even in a second service on the same exact day yeah. or even, you know, and we can transition out of the Sunday morning, even outside of the context of music, outside of the context of a gathering, a quote unquote church gathering. So what are some of these principles that we just talked about 
how, how can we apply them to you're at, you're at the office, you're at work, you're at the grocery store, whatever. How, what is, if, if we know worship is those things that you shared, yeah. what does that have to do with the rest of life when you're not right on Sunday morning, an hour and a half, you, you went to lunch, you, you're at home with your family, right? What is worship then? So I think that's where we can go back to that Colossians yeah. passage. It's whatever you do, yeah. in word or deed, um, do it with intentionality yeah. for God. And I think that little tiny book, The Practice of the Presence of God, Brother Lawrence. Oh, yeah. I mean, monk, and you know, even scrubbing the toilets, you can do it with intentionality for God. Um, and it's keeping a, a mindset throughout that's worship as a lifestyle yes yeah. is trying to keep a mindset and intentionality in all the things that you do there's not an on off switch for sunday morning i'm here and this is worship and then i the rest of my week i'm whoever i want to be and yeah um, and that's like what yeah. i said recently about offering our bodies as living sacrifices holy right. and pleasing to god this is your spiritual act of worship yeah. so if it's i'm at the grocery store I'm at the office, I'm in a room of hundreds of people singing, I want to be a burnt offering, I want to be consumed by the fire of God as an offering and everything. Yeah. Even in, in Orthodox Judaism, they have a prayer book that even includes prayers of when you're in the bathroom. <laughs> and it's just this ex <laughs> extreme, you know, but it's well, just like everywhere, that. God's everywhere, you know. Right. <laughs> but those are, those are not corporate prayers, of yeah, course. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I, I think it's going to be different for each person but I, I i think having intentionality and and trying to have discipline to find ways of how do i how do i remember god in the day-to-day and -day the ordinary things that mm -hmm. i do um and that can look different at different seasons of your life and you know what you connect with ethan has this wheel that he showed us right. the it's kind of like a personality test for for worship i guess or how you connect to god um there's the the monk which is solitude you connect with god in solitude maybe out in nature um, being on a mountain or the worshiper you connect with god and with music and that corporate space and singing and um or study um Maybe connect with God when you're reading books and you're reading scripture and you're you're learning. Maybe that's how you connect with God best. Or um, the other one is activism, uh, social justice. You're you feel closest and most connected to God when you are fighting um, for justice in the world. And actually, all of those things are great. And I, I think we tend to get stuck in one, whichever one we connect with the most, we think like that's how everyone should. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem with the, where I struggled with the, I read my Bible and I do my devotion and I don't yeah. feel anything and it feels like a chore and it feels like a very nice chore, but I don't feel connected to God and I felt so much guilt with that. Yeah. But I think it's good to, to challenge yourself to find God in the other things. Yeah, that's good. Um, but to recognize where you connect with God most and, and be okay with knowing someone else connects with God another way. I don't know if that's even going with what we're exactly talking about right now. Um, I think having an awareness of that maybe helps you to be intentional in, in other spaces where yeah. you don't necessarily feel God. Um, for me... I think that, you know, that what's the verse? It's whatever is good, whatever is lovely. Philippians. Philippians. Uh, think about these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, sometimes I realize I catch myself and and what I'm putting in and what I'm, you know, watching. If I'm binging Netflix or, and I've, I can feel sometimes like this is really poisonous to my, <laughs> to oh, my yeah. well-being. <laughs> like, yeah. And, um. I maybe should put this down and I don't think that this is helping me to think of God in the rest of my life. Cause I see where sometimes it negatively affects, it's, I don't know, like watching Gossip Girl or something where, which I've seen the whole series twice. So not to hate on Gossip Girl, but I also see where it's been bad in my life of 
they are so nasty to one another. Yeah. And I find myself acting like that. Uh you know, towards sure. or yeah. just having more of an attitude with my husband or, um, and I know like, okay, is this part of worship being a part of my life all yeah. the time? It's, and on the, on the, on the other hand, there are shows that some people would say are not good, but you might actually be seeing the redemptive work of God through watching that or being yeah. God teaching a kingdom value or you noticing that. Yeah. Um, I wonder sometimes how much of it is just what we're bringing to it when we watch it and then how yeah. and then sometimes it's like regardless of what you're bringing to it it's it can be destructive i think you have to be really aware of your own heart and things yeah like yeah, whatever yeah. you're doing um how does it make you feel and i th i think that's actually one of the beneficial things about um we're i feel like we're in a self-care generation yeah which i is there's good and bad to it. I think it can make people very narcissistic and only thinking about, I'm only ever going to do things that best I like yeah. and that I enjoy. And <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't have to do anything for anybody else if I don't want to. Um, and there are bad things to that, but I think it also has made us much more aware of how we're feeling and, and to think about how, how am I feeling? Like, let me take pause and take a minute mm -hmm. and how am I feeling? Yeah, there's certainly a danger of too much self-awareness, but I think that the benefit that it's brought is, especially within the world of faith mm -hmm. and, and, and religion, that there can sometimes, when we hear, see passages like we're supposed to die to ourself, yeah. that we can we can mistakenly think that means that we're, we shouldn't care about ourselves, right. and that we're bad and that we, that God doesn't want us to like ourselves. And so I think the self care, pen, it helped bring a pendulum swing back to a healthy balance, right. but shouldn't go so far as to think that this whole narrative is about us. Right. You know, but, it, but if God, if in worship, if God cares about our heart, then we have to examine our own heart. Right. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well in, said. In all things that we're doing, Yeah. you know, um, I have struggled for years with anxiety and, um, on and off with depression and which is interesting to have to get up in front of hundreds of people every week and kind of bare my soul. Um, but I, I know sometimes when I get in dark places, um, and I, and I am in, you know, the throes of depression. I can tell with how I respond to it, whether there are moments that I, I, I don't respond in healthy ways and I don't want to bring God into that with me because I know I have to deal with it. Yeah. And, um, so I avoid that's, that's what I end up doing. I, I mean, I'll, I'll binge watch stuff on Netflix yeah, as, as a way, way of avoiding. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to f not be in my own head about things. Right. And maybe a better, maybe a better word than self care would be wholeness, pursuing wholeness, rest, yeah. solitude, right. or my friend Chuck DeGroat, the author I quote a lot, wholeheartedness, like yeah. in including not hiding from that, but bringing that in into the light for God to deal with. Right. That's self care in the way that I think God would want. Right. Not because selfishness. I, I trick myself into thinking that I'm resting yeah. to like put all that aside, but I know that I'm not, I know in my heart that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And when I think about the things that it, once I can, Oh, once I can get myself to that place that I'm motivated to, to want to get out of the hole, um, the healthy ways there, it, it, it always comes back to God and sitting with God and being yeah. in with him. And I, I think that you had a question here that I'm going to go ahead and answer now about pastoral care with how does worship play into pastoral care yeah i think f for me personally where where worship has been pastor to me where other worship leaders have been pastor to me without even knowing it um is when i don't have the words i don't know what to pray i don't i don't know what to say to god i don't know even how to start with him um, and how to, you know, get into all the mess and, and worship and is the thing that pulls me out mm. and, um, says things that I didn't even know to say. Yeah. It, it like intercesses for me. I, that is a key word. And I think that biblically 
we know Jesus is our mediator, our intercessor and all that, but I also think that there are times where those around us are also that for us. Right. They say things we can't say right then. Yeah. They even believe things that we can't believe right then. Not that we don't or can't other times. Yeah. But there are times like, I need you to proclaim this truth to remind me that I believe this truth because I don't know if I believe this truth right now. Right. And so I, I think that might be the role, you know, at least in the Hebrew scriptures uh, way of looking at it, the role of a priest. Yeah. It's, it's, I have this offering. Can you bring it to the temple? Well, we know in Christ, it's like, well, no, Christ is the only mediator, right? We know that, but we still have that feeling sometimes. And it's not yeah. because you're some church staff person that makes it. It's not that kind of level of priesthood because people that are not church staff people provide that for you too. Yeah. But, but they look to you on a Sunday oftentimes for that uh, and me and, and many others on the stage. Just sometimes people say, I'm here and I don't even really know what I brought. I want to connect with God. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Show me. Say it yeah. for me. And so there are times that I know people have articulated with me and with you. And I felt this on the other end too. It's like, oh yeah, when you said this this way, it's like I already believed that, but I didn't, I had never said it that way. Yeah. And then when you said it that way, I went, yes, that's already what I thought. I just never thought to say it, to pre present it right. that way. And then it reminds us that we're going, we're pulling from the same well. This is yeah. the same God that we're worshiping together. I, sometimes I get really, um, or I start to feel discouraged on Sunday mornings because I'm up there and I feel, I really feel like I'm pouring my whole heart out when I sing. And, and I, I look out and I, I don't know if people are with me yeah. and I'm like, am I just, yeah. Is everyone just watching me bear my soul and uh, yeah. and they're not even you know going on the same journey with me right now or feeling the same things or how you know I don't know but I always things shift when somebody tells me um, I just sit in worship and I I just cry yeah. <laughs> like I can't even sing I just cry or um, I remember one time this girl came up to me at a different show at Legends and, and she said, oh, Erin, she said on Sunday mornings, I stand in the balcony and I just watch you and God yeah. is doing something in me in it. Yeah. And thank you for just being who you are. And I'm thinking, oh my, it was a revolutionary moment for me because I thought, um, you know, if I looked at her on Sunday morning while I'm singing and saw her just standing there staring at me. I would think she's not with me. She's not participating in worship. What am I even doing here? I've had those thoughts. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's a no reminder. Like, God looks at the heart. Right. God looks at our hearts. And, and sometimes the participation, I think participation does involve singing and that's important, but intercession is such a huge part of worship. Cause I think some people like them being there is saying yes. And they're, they are letting the community wrap, itself around them if that makes any sense mm -hmm. and letting me sing over them and um yeah god's doing something powerful in worship in those moments too absolutely and and so that's why we try not to make evaluations and judgments because right. we can't god's looking at their hearts why would it why would we think that if we look at the external that it would right. somehow answer However, I do think that it's it's also helpful if there's some people to to look out and connect with. <laughs> right, for I sure. know you feel that when you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it can be same, a lonely place up there. It really can, and um, and I really appreciate it when people acknowledge that and right. say stuff to us about that. But at the same time, we're inviting people to participate in this new wine. Yeah. But we can't control whether they will. Mm -hmm. We're not going to try to force them to. Right. And we're not going to try to judge whether they do. Right. Which really just means the only thing we can really monitor is our own hearts. Right. Are we wineskins that are being renewed? Are we receiving new wine? Are we pouring out that wine? Yeah. And, and I, I think once that wine is poured out, then you just say, I'm not going to judge whether you drink that wine, whether you like that wine, mm -hmm. but I've done the best I can right. to pour it out. 
Right. You know, so I think that is a, a pastoral care. So let's, um, if it's possible to try to simplify this concept without sacrificing depth. So we've gotten through some, you know, intricate things about it, some different angles. Mm-hmm. So let me ask it this way. Um, normally I ask people, what do we do? But, and maybe you want to answer that, but what would you want to say to people? If you, if you had a little, a little moment to say from the depths of your heart to the depths of theirs about worship, what do you really long for them to receive when you're pouring this out? What is it and what do you want for them? I think I would want to say this matters. Mm. You know? That's really good. Because it it's this mysterious thing <laughs> singing together, um, worshiping together, that there's no product from it. I think we struggle with that. Like, why can't we say it? That's why it's hard. I think sometimes when we see churches that put such emphasis on numbers that we, we just so desperately want to see some kind of tangible product from it. Um, the fruit may not be immediate, it, but it matters. Singing together matters. It matters for you and it matters for the people around you. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk more and we'll realize there's more we want to say, in which case we should do another conversation where we yeah. a- address additional, right. additional things. But, uh, this matters. I love that. What a fantastic way to simplify this all. All right. Well, thanks for joining in for concept 14 worship. This matters. If you want to go to thingsaboutthings.com, you can go there for more things. Thanks for joining in.